Finland deals a blow to Putin as it enters NATO. Steven Erlanger Eric Schmidt Aaron Mendel Carly Olsen Anton Troyanovsky The Nordic country will become NATO's 31st member on Tuesday, expanding the alliance in a strategic setback for President Vladimir Putin of Russia. Here's what we are covering. NATO welcomes Finland as a member in a power shift spurred by the Ukraine war. Adding Finland is a huge plus, NATO's former top military commander says. Ukraine says Russia attacked the Odessa region with drones. Evan Gershkovich, the American reporter detained in Moscow, appeals his arrest. An arrest in the St. Petersburg bombing could presage a heavier crackdown on anti-war Russians. NATO welcomes Finland as a member in a power shift spurred by the Ukraine war. Brussels, Finland's flag is being raised on Tuesday afternoon at NATO headquarters, a deeply symbolic moment marking the Nordic nation's official welcome into the alliance and the shifting power calculations as the West strengthens its allegiances in response to the war in Ukraine. The president of Finland, Sali Niinistö, is expected to attend the ceremony on the North Atlantic Treaty Organization's 74th anniversary in what amounts to a strategic defeat for President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia, who has made blocking NATO expansion a goal of his leadership. With Finland's membership unlocked by Turkey's vote last week to ratify its entry, NATO's border with Russia is doubling and the alliance has gained access to a strong military with a deep history of countering its bigger neighbor. The ceremony comes as foreign ministers from the alliance gather in Brussels for a two-day meeting. Finland's foreign minister, Pekka Havisto, will attend the meeting, Finland's first as a full-fledged member, although many details about how his country, which shares an 830-mile border with Russia, will integrate into the alliance are yet to be determined. A new Finnish government, still to be negotiated, following an election on Sunday, will have to decide whether Finland will accept foreign troops on its soil, for example, or even nuclear weapons belonging to allies. Mr. Nienista judged quickly after Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine that Finland's best protection was to drop its military non-alignment and apply to join NATO. His judgment was influential for a more hesitant Sweden, which has also applied to join. The Swedes were meant to join hand-in-hand hand with Finland, but that has been left undone as Turkey still objects to Sweden's membership, and Hungary, too, is stalling ratification. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey, who is up for re-election on May 14, continues to express his displeasure with the depth of Sweden's commitment to fighting terrorism, in particular, those whom Mr Erdogan regards as terrorists, including certain Kurds and others he believes supported the 2016 coup attempt against him. The Foreign Minister of Sweden, Tobias Billström, will attend this week's meetings in Brussels, nonetheless. The summit will focus on Ukraine and how to accelerate the country's transition to NATO-compatible military equipment and ammunition. Ukraine's Foreign Minister, Dmitro Kuleba, will also be there. The alliance will convene a NATO-Ukraine commission, a more formal meeting previously blocked by Hungary. That will discuss how to help Ukraine wage a successful counteroffensive against Russian troops, which is expected to begin in late spring or early summer, and how to intensify Ukraine's partnership with NATO in the future, NATO's Secretary General, Jens Stoltenberg, said.
That includes looking not just at Ukraine's immediate defense needs against Russian forces, but also how to help Kyiv modernize and align its military with NATO standards and doctrines. Tuesday, Mr. Stoltenberg said, will be a good day for Finland's security, for Nordic security and for NATO as a whole, adding, Sweden will also be safer as a result. According to NATO, Turkey on Tuesday will give a letter signifying its ratification to Secretary of State Antony J. Blinken, since the State Department is the repository of the NATO treaty. He will also accept Finland's accession documents and the long process will end with the raising of the country's flag as NATO's 31st member. A correction was made on April 4, 2023. An earlier version of this article misstated the year of a coup attempt in Turkey. It was 2016, not 2015. How we handle corrections. Adding Finland is a huge plus, NATO's former top military commander says. Finland's ascension to NATO adds one of Western Europe's most potent wartime militaries to the alliance as well as intelligence and border surveillance abilities tailored over decades to the threat posed by Russia, U.S. officials say. The number of active-duty military personnel in Finland's defense forces is a modest 23,000 troops, but its wartime strength can grow quickly to 280,000 forces because of an extensive conscription system that can mobilize up to nearly 1 million troops. That system is the result of a deep-rooted focus on security in a country that shares more than 800 miles of border with Russia and was twice invaded by its larger neighbor in the 20th century. Geographically, their addition to the alliance adds a huge, difficult-to-defend border that complicates Putin's calculus, James G. Stavridis, a retired four-star American admiral and former top NATO military commander, said in an email before Turkey's ratification of Finland's bid on Thursday, referring to President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia. A huge plus for NATO. Finland's artillery forces are the largest and best equipped in Western Europe, with some 1,500 artillery weapons, including 700 howitzer guns, 700 heavy mortar and 100 rocket launcher systems, according to an analysis by the Wilson Center, a research organization. A major designer of icebreaker ships, Finland will also play a significant role conducting maritime operations in the increasingly contested Arctic region, officials said. Finland, long known for such insistent non-alignment that Finlandization became synonymous with neutrality, signaled that Russia's threat to invade Ukraine in February 2022 could change the minds of most Finns. Besides a long border, Finland shares a complicated, violent history with Russia. The Finns fended off a Soviet invasion in 1939-40 in what is known as the Winter War, at the start of World War II. The Finns eventually lost, relinquished some territory, and agreed to remain formally neutral throughout the Cold War. But their ability to temporarily hold off the Soviet Union became a point of Finnish pride. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, Finland moved to join the European Union in 1992, becoming a member in 1995, while remaining militarily non-aligned and maintaining working relations with Moscow. Finland joined NATO's Partnership for Peace program along with Sweden in 1994 and moved ever closer to the alliance without joining it. Until now. The declaration by Finland's leaders last year that they would join NATO, with expectations that neighboring Sweden would soon do the same, quickly reshaped the potential strategic balance in Europe that had prevailed for decades. 
Public opinion in the country shifted significantly after Russia invaded Ukraine. Within months, nearly 80% of Finland's citizens expressed support for joining NATO, compared with about 20% before the war. It was also an example of how Mr. Putin's war aims have backfired. Instead of weakening NATO, the Russian leader has united the alliance and prompted a new expansion on Russia's doorstep. The State of the War Counteroffensive Challenges With powerful Western weapons and newly formed assault units, Ukraine is poised for a critical spring campaign. But overcoming casualties and keeping troops motivated will be stern tests. A high-profile attack An influential Russian military blogger was killed when a bomb exploded in a cafe in St. Petersburg on April 2. Russian authorities have detained a suspect in the killing. Arrest of American Reporter With the arrest of Evan Gershkovich, a Wall Street Journal correspondent, President Vladimir Putin signaled to the world that he was doubling down on Russia's isolation from the West. Advertisement Ukraine says Russia attacked the Odessa region with drones. The Ukrainian authorities said that Russian drones had struck the Odessa region early Tuesday, hitting the area along the Black Sea that is home to Ukraine's biggest port. Ukrainian forces destroyed 14 of the 17 Iranian Shahid drones that Russia fired, according to a statement by Ukraine's Air Force. The statement did not include details about damage or where the drones struck in Odessa, the largest province in Ukraine. A spokesman for the Odessa military administration said that a structure had been hit, starting a fire that was later extinguished. There were no deaths, the spokesman, Sergei Brachik, wrote on Telegram. The port of Odessa is regarded as President Vladimir V. Putin's ultimate prize in Russia's war in Ukraine. Early in the war, Russia's biggest success came in capturing the city of Kherson, east of Odessa. Mr. Putin had hoped to use the wider region as a foothold to move west toward Odessa, but that effort failed. In November, Russia retreated from Kherson. Russia has leaned on using drones and missiles to attack Ukrainian cities far from the front line since fighting in the east ground to a halt during the winter. The port of Odessa is an important link for Ukraine to the global economy. While most of Ukraine's naval vessels have effectively been blockaded in harbors under its control, a recently renewed deal enables the shipment of Ukrainian grain from Odessa and two other ports. Before the initial deal was reached last July, there had been a months-long shipping backlog that contributed to a global food crisis. Evan Gershkovich, the American reporter detained in Moscow, appeals his arrest. Evan Gershkovich, the Wall Street Journal reporter who was detained in Russia last week, has appealed his arrest, according to Russian state news agencies, which cited Moscow's Lefortovo court in their reports on Monday. The court has received an appeal from Gershkovich's defense against his detention, the court's press service said, according to the state news agency, TASS. A date has not yet been set for the hearing. Alexei Melnikov, the secretary of Moscow's Public Oversight Commission, a group of civil society members who monitor human rights in pretrial detention centers, said in a statement on Monday that he had visited Mr. Gershkovich, 31, at the prison at Lefortovo. Mr. Gershkovich seemed cheerful and made jokes during their conversation, Mr. Melnikov said. 
He has also been reading the book Life and Fate by Vasily Grossman, set in Stalinist Russia during World War II. Lefertovo prison was used by the KGB as a place to keep Soviet dissidents. After the collapse of the Soviet Union, it has been used by the agency's successor, the FSB, to isolate opponents of the Kremlin. The Russian authorities detained Mr. Gershkovich on Thursday in Ekaterinburg, where he had been on a reporting trip, and accused of him of espionage. They have provided no evidence for the charge, and the Wall Street Journal and U.S. officials have vehemently denied the accusation. Mr. Gershkovich was transferred on the same day to Moscow, where a district court formally arrested him and ordered him to be jailed until May 29. Going by past precedent, he is likely to be held far longer than that. If convicted, and acquittals in Russian espionage cases are exceedingly rare, Mr. Gershkovich faces up to 20 years in a Russian penal colony. Mr. Gershkovich, an American journalist born to Soviet émigrés, moved from New York to Russia in late 2017 to take up his first reporting role, a job at the Moscow Times. In January 2022, he was hired as a Moscow-based correspondent for The Wall Street Journal. Ivan Nechepurenko and Katie Robertson contributed reporting. Advertisement. An arrest in the St. Petersburg bombing could presage a heavier crackdown on anti-war Russians. Video player loading. The Russian authorities blamed Ukraine and Russian opposition activists on Monday for the bombing that killed a popular pro-war blogger a day earlier, signaling that the Kremlin could use the dramatic attack in St. Petersburg to escalate its already harsh crackdown against what remains of anti-war activism in Russia. The Russian government's anti-terrorism committee issued a statement claiming, without providing evidence, that the deadly bombing at a pro-war gathering at a St. Petersburg cafe was planned by Ukrainian intelligence agencies, along with agents connected to the movement of the imprisoned opposition leader, Alexei A. and Navalny. The police detained a Russian woman on Monday and released a video that it said showed her confessing that she had delivered a statuette containing a bomb to the blogger, who was known as Vladlin Tatarsky. The Anti-Terrorism Committee claimed that she was an active supporter of Mr. Navalny. An exiled leader of Mr. Navalny's movement, Ivan Zhdanov, described the accusations against his team as outrageous and said they were a pretext to extend Mr. Navalny's prison term even further. Dmitry S. Peskov, the spokesman for President Vladimir V. Putin, sounded slightly less definitive in his daily briefing with journalists, cautioning that the investigation into the bombing was continuing. He said that Ukrainian intelligence agencies may have had something to do with the planning of this terrorist attack. Still, the fast-moving developments on Monday indicated that the Kremlin was preparing to use the attack, in the heart of Russia's second-largest city, to try to even further ostracize domestic opponents of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and of Mr. Putin. Russian news media reports described the woman arrested after the attack, Daria Trapova, as an opponent of the war, citing interviews with her friends. Tatiana Stanovea, an analyst for the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, said that the assertions would further divide Russian society. All participants in anti-war actions will now automatically become potential terrorists in the eyes of not just law enforcement, but also the patriotic public, she wrote.
The explosion that killed Mr. Tatarsky, whose real name was Maxim Fomin, was the most brazen attack on a prominent war supporter inside Russia since the car bombing in August that killed Daria Dugina, the daughter of an ultranationalist ideologue Alexander Dugin. It came amid escalating drone attacks deep inside Russian territory and shelling and deadly raids on the regions bordering Ukraine, violence that has begun to expose residents of major Russian cities to fallout from a war that the Kremlin has sought to portray as a distant special military operation. Ms. Trapova, a 26-year-old native of St. Petersburg, had appeared on the National Police's wanted list earlier on Monday, hours before Russia's investigative police force said in a brief statement that she had been arrested in connection with the St. Petersburg bombing. Court records show that a woman with the same name and birthdate received a 10-day jail term last year for participating in a protest on the first day of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. She was not, however, widely known in Russian opposition circles, and her social media profiles are largely free from explicit political content. The Russian anti-terrorism agency did not offer evidence for its claim that Ms. Trapova was working with Ukrainian intelligence, and the Ukrainian government has not commented on the attack. Mr. Tatarsky, who took his pen name from the hero of a cult novel about dissolute post-Soviet life, was giving a talk on his trips to the front line in Ukraine when a bomb exploded in the cafe where he was speaking. The venue, called Street Food Bar No. 1 Cafe, is owned by the head of Russia's Wagner mercenary group, Yevgeny V. Prigazin, who said he had allowed it to be used by a nationalist activist group that organized the event with Mr. Tatarsky. Mr. Prigazin said he did not believe the Ukrainian government was behind the attack, saying, this is an act of a group of radicals that is unlikely to have connection to the government. Videos posted on social media showed Mr. Tatarsky receiving a small statue in his likeness on stage shortly before the explosion. What a beautiful guy, is that me? Mr. Tatarsky asked the audience after receiving the statue, according to one video. The authenticity of the video could not be immediately verified. After the arrest was announced on Monday, Russia's Interior Ministry posted a short video showing a woman it said was Ms. Trapova telling interrogators that she had given Mr. Tatarsky the statue, adding that she had received it from a person she declined to name. Ivan Nechipurenko and Oleg Matsnev contributed reporting.